You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. on a roll. One tactic doesn't work and another tactic doesn't work. So he goes into his bag of tricks and he brings out one that usually always works. Discouragement. Satan loves to discourage the man and woman of God. He loves to discourage us when we are trying to do work for God. Look at verse 10. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. We've all found ourselves in a position of discouragement, whether at work or in our families. The enemy is always trying to discourage us in order to get us to give up. Pastor Dave tells you in today's message how God is able and how he takes care of and protects you in every situation that the enemy puts you in. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Nehemiah chapter 4 as he continues his message, Man of Faith. some heavy words from the Apostle Paul. And I love the fact that he says that. I love that. Thank you, Lord, for using a foolish person like me to teach your word. Thank you for confounding the wise by seeing me up here and doing this. Thank you, Lord, for that. Listen to what these guys said. Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones? If a fox jumped on it, it's going to fall down. They were even ridiculing the materials they were using. A few years ago, Quite a few years ago, I think probably 11 years ago, when we were still in the old building, I was teaching the Word of God, and a group came against me because I was teaching the Word of God. And they ridiculed the fact that I was teaching the Word of God. And they basically said, that doesn't work down here. You need to teach topical sermons, and you need to teach studies of this and this book and that book and this book. And my retort with them is that, you mean the Word of God is different in violent than it is here? No, they continued to mock, but we steadfast and held to the word of God. As long as I'm here, we will always teach the word of God. And everything we do on Sunday for two services, at Freedom Through Christ, at the studies we do in various places, on Friday mornings, wherever we go, we will teach the word of God, line by line, verse upon verse. Because you need the whole counsel of God. You need everything that the Bible says to help you stand up in this world. So that you can be strong, not in your power, but in his power. So these guys are coming against them. These guys are really coming against them in a big way. And look what my man Nehemiah, he becomes my man now, right? My man Nehemiah, look what he does. Hear, O our God, for we are despised from their reproach on their own heads. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Look at this. I love this guy. He's becoming my new hero. I really like this guy. I really do. He doesn't come against them. 
He doesn't smack them across the face and say, how dare you ridicule me? He doesn't mock them. He doesn't get to argue with them about this and that and the other. He takes the mocking and ridicule to the Lord in prayer because he knows they're not fighting against him. They're fighting against God. When people turn you down, when you preach the gospel to them, when they turn you down when you want to pray for them, when they turn you down because of your lifestyle, because you're living a holy lifestyle in front of them, they're not rejecting you. It looks like it, but they're rejecting God. They're rejecting God, and they have to deal with that, what God says to them. He didn't get detoured from the work the Lord had called him to do. The Lord has called you to do a work. Things are going to come against you. Don't get detoured. Keep your eyes on the Lord and move straight ahead to what the Lord has for you. And watch what happens. Great things will happen. This is what the enemy is trying to do. He wants you to stop what you're doing and fight against him. He wants you to argue with him. Spend your time worrying about what he's doing. Anything to keep you from accomplishing what God has called you to do. Anything. No. Nehemiah simply asked the Lord to fight the enemy for him. Lord, it's not my battle. You take care of it. I love that. Because the battle belongs to the Lord. It's his fight to do. Remember, we said that Nehemiah was indeed a man of prayer? Well, here it is. Notice he doesn't ask for personal vengeance. Lord, they hurt my feelings. They were mean to me. They said mean things to me, Lord. Take them out. Kind of like what David says in some of his psalms. But David comes around all the time anyhow. He doesn't ask for personal vengeance. Instead, he asks for vindication for God's people. Vindicate us, O Lord. Vindicate the group. Vindicate us. He reminded the people that these men are not fighting against them. They're fighting against God. We must keep in mind the words can hurt and sting. Yes, words can hurt and sting. I'm sure we have all hurt someone with our words or time or have been hurt by words of other, maybe even me, and I apologize for that. But they can't really harm us. Words cannot really harm us unless we allow them to get into our heads and allow them to take root and begin to poison our thoughts toward the Lord and then we spend time pondering over what this person said or what that person said or how my feelings were hurt about this or these harsh words. When we do that, we give the enemy a foothold. We give him an enemy a foothold. We're to cast down the imagination and take every thought captive for Christ Jesus. We take the thoughts captive. We hold on. The enemy wants to launch closer and closer, causing more pain and more harm. So we do that by prayer. We need to follow Nehemiah's lead. Pray, pray, and pray. Commit entire situations to the Lord and then return to what he has called you to do. Don't let the enemy sway you from your task at hand. Don't let him do that because he wants to do that. He wants to take you out of service. He wants to put you away so you'll be unable to do what God has called you to do. The next tactic I see, intimidation through plotting. They're going to intimidate by allowing their plans to be overheard. So let's look at 7 and 8. Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they became very angry. Well, they were indignant. They were angry. Now they're very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create 
confusion. The city is completely surrounded by these enemies. There's so many more of them than there are of the Jews. It's interesting to me that sometimes the children of God have difficulty working together. Nah, that's not true, is it? What are you, what are you laughing about? No, that's not true, right? However, those who stand in opposition to the Lord never seem to have a problem of working together. Have you noticed that? When the church begins this quarrel amongst themselves, the group outside is stronger and stronger. But we're falling apart because we're arguing and destroying each other. The enemy saw the work that was happening. And the ridicule didn't help. They're still doing it, even though we call them all these names. So let's change tactics. Let's get together and attack them. But let's let it known that we're going to attack them and let them hear that and they'll be afraid because we're going to attack them. Nehemiah became aware of the plan. So he gave the people great advice. What do you think Nehemiah's advice to the people was? Pray. Pray. He told them to pray. He told them to pray. He thought that they might indeed attack, and he took the threat seriously, so he encourages the people to pray. Look at verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Watch and pray. Great advice. Watch and pray. What did Jesus tell Peter, James, and John when he called them further into the garden of Gethsemane and he went off to pray by himself? What did he say to them? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Why? Lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray. We must always remember that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts, and wickedness in heavenly places. If we hope to win this war against evil, we must pray without ceasing and allow God to fight the battle. Present your request to the Lord with thanksgiving. Petition him, Lord. Petition I can't do this, Lord. They're all against me. Be a David. How many times do we read in the Psalms when David says, they're all against me, Lord. I'm helpless to do anything. When you're helpless, God is great. God is big. But when you try to take it on yourself, you're going to fail. And you're going to fail miserably. Don't focus on the visible enemy. Remember, they have an invisible enemy coming against them. Remember, told you about the story of the Indian chief who was in the, um, or the missionary, I forget what the story was, I'm confused here, was in the shack and all these tribe members stood around him and they were going to attack. And he did nothing but pray and pray and pray. And all of a sudden he looked out and the whole these tribal members left, except the chief. He went out and said, why did you leave? He said, because we saw a host up on top of the roof and they were going to come against us. Pray. Pray to God to take care of these things. Pray. So Satan's on a roll now. The enemy's on a roll. One tactic doesn't work and another tactic doesn't work. So he goes into his bag of tricks and he brings out one that usually always works. Discouragement. Satan loves to discourage the man and woman of God. He loves to discourage us when we are trying to do work for God. Look at verse 10. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. 
Someone once said, pressures from without coffin create, pressures from within. When we're doing the work of the Lord, there are usually many distractions. Distractions outside and distractions inside. All of these distractions make the work of the Lord seem impossible. And it causes discouragement. And discouragement makes you want to quit. This is why Satan uses it, because he's used it time and time again, and he's been successful with it. Discouragement makes you want to quit. Discouragement is a weapon that Satan loves to use because he knows it works. Remember the 10 spies who didn't want to go into the land? They sent 12 out, and 10 of them came back and said, oh, there's giants in the land. We can't go in there. They're mightier than we. We'll fall over and we'll die. But Caleb and Joshua said, no way. We'll go in there and take names and kick butt. They were discouraged. And it caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Discouragement. Discouragement. Notice the people cry out. I love this. We're not able. We're, this is a great place to be. This is a great place to be. We're not able. No, you're not, but God is. You're not able to fight this enemy, but God is. You're not able even to do the work he's called you to do, but God is able through his Holy Spirit to help you do the work. You're not able. Paul wasn't able, and Paul ended up saying, I did more than them all, but not I, but the grace of God that dwells within me. Paul knew where his strength came from. We're not able, but God is. <laughs> My man Nehemiah pays no mind to these complainers. He doesn't even give them a second thought. He just continues on with the work of the Lord. He presses onward. He moves forward. This is the best thing we can do. If we take away from our work to listen to every complaint, we'll never get anything done. We'll constantly go around trying to put out fires all over the place. Like the time I was working in the metal shop that I was teaching with some kids, and they made a cog, a wheel cog. And in order to harden it, we had to heat it till it became a certain um, color. And then we would quench it in oil, and it would hold that color in. So we looked up the hardness that it was supposed to be, and we got all ready. And I said, we don't have any oil. And one of the kids said, oh, I got oil in my car, Mr. Shank. I'll go get it. So he brings this oil, and I said, is it clean? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's clean. I should have checked it. So anyhow, we get this thing to the color it was supposed to be, quench it in the Oil, boom, got a flame about this big when the oil's on fire, right? So I'm sitting there and go, all right, somebody get a fire extinguisher. So this kid runs, gets the fire extinguisher, and doesn't hold it back all the way, sticks it right into the fire and goes, whoa, boom. So now I don't have one big fire. I got eight ton million little fires all over the shop. Well, this is what happens. This is what happens when the complaints come in and you try to take care of this one and then another one comes and another one. You'll never get anything done for the Lord. You'll never get anything done. We must always be steadfast and immovable. There is a reason that's on that wall out there, folks. There is a reason that every time you walk down that hallway, either to the children's ministry, to my office, Mark's office, even to the restrooms, it's there. Be steadfast and immovable. It's there for a reason. We need to be steadfast and immovable in what the Lord has called you to do. What the Lord has called you to do may be different than what the Lord has called me to do. However, we all might be called as a church to do something together. 
So we'll hear that, the Lord, but he calls us. We can't look to the right. We can't look to the left. We must be focused on the Lord as he leads and guides us by his Holy Spirit. The Lord will always provide for us as we trust in him, as we pray to him. Where God guides, he provides, and he will fight our battles. And where do we get our encouragement from? Yes, it's nice to get encouragement from one to another. It's nice to have a pat on the back. But we get our encouragement from God. He's our encourager. When we focus on the promises of God and not let the other complaints sway us away from serving him and serving others. So discouragement is really high on the list of Satan. He loves to get you down and discouraged because he knows eventually if he can discourage you enough, you'll give up. The heck with this Christianity. It doesn't work. I can't do it anymore. You're right. You can't. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You're right. You can't do it. So only one person in the whole entire history of the world that was able to live the Christian life the way it was supposed to be. And he died on a cross so that you could have it. His name is Jesus Christ. In the remaining verses in chapter 4, we see the next tactic come up. This is a tactic that also works, that many of you have felt from time to time. I have felt it myself. It's the tactic of fear. The tactic of fear. Let's read the rest of the verses. 11 to 23. And our adversary said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come in the, in the midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt there came, near, them came, excuse me, that they told us ten times, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall and the openings. And I set the people according to their families with the swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, every one to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held their spears and shields and bows and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all of the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked on construction and the other hand they held a weapon. Every one of the builders had a sword girded at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored in the work and half of the men held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by day, night, and working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except for that everyone took them off for washing. Wow. Another one of Satan's tactics, fear. He loves to instill fear into your heart. Fear can paralyze you. Fear also can be contagious. I remember watching another one of my favorite movies, Band of Brothers, and they were talking about fear 
during the time of war. And he said that fear is contagious. So they, when they saw a man who was really shaken and having a problem, they would get him off the front line and put him back and let him rest a while. Because fear is contagious. You're afraid? What are you afraid of? Oh, I better be afraid too. And it's contagious and it sweeps over all of us. Fear can be contagious. Frightening people frighten others. This also is discouraging and it brings defeat. It brings defeat. We see somebody fall. We see somebody slip from the grace of the Lord. What's the first words out of your mouth? Well, if he fell, I can't make it. We become afraid. We can become afraid instead of trusting in the Lord. Faith and fear cannot live in the same heart. Faith and fear cannot live in the same heart. They cancel one another out. Nehemiah posts guards at the most likely and most vulnerable places where they may attack. He arms the entire families, knowing that they would work together and encourage one another. It's like a family. They were all family. It's like this church. We're all family. We're all there one for another, helping this one out, helping that one out, being there for prayer, being there to meet needs, and helping each other through these hard times as we go through these difficult times. That's what it's all about. I love Nehemiah. What a great leader he is. He encourages the people, don't be afraid. Focus on the Lord. What great advice. What great advice. If you were afraid of something and I told you that, you'd probably throw something at me. Focus on the Lord. Look to God. Look to him. Look at 14. I love 14. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of these guys. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. He's given them something. Remember the Lord. Remember all the stories you heard of the Lord. Knocking out this group. Knocking out that group. Taking care of David. Taking care of all these other things. Remember that. Remember the Lord. We too need to remember the Lord. We need to bring forth the faithfulness of God in your lives. And that's why we have testimonies. When we see how much God is faithful in this life, we know he's going to be faithful in our lives. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will always be faithful, and he does those things. And we look at that. The thought captivated Nehemiah's heart. He knew who he served. He served a great and awesome God. Nehemiah's God was bigger than the boogeyman. He could take everybody. He could take anyone out. Nehemiah knew that. Nehemiah knew that. He knew that the Lord was capable. So he, in turn, encouraged others to seek the Lord for themselves. I can only encourage you to seek the Lord. I can only counsel you to seek the Lord. But unless you seek the Lord for yourself, you won't find out how faithful he is. You won't find out how much he can overcome fear. You won't find out all the wonderful things that he has in store for you. You must seek him for yourself by reading his word, by fellowshipping one to another, by praying, by worshiping him, by being involved, by serving others. You seek the Lord with all your heart. He reminded the people whom they were fighting for, their nation, Israel, their city, Jerusalem, and their families. People have died for so much less. You are assured. You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Pastor Dave has been teaching from the book of Nehemiah and sharing the story of how the wall of Jerusalem was rebuilt through Nehemiah's great leadership and the blessing of the Lord. Once the wall was fully rebuilt, the people came together for one specific purpose— 
We read about it in Nehemiah 8, 1 through 3, which says, And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard, on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The first thing the people did when the work was complete was to turn to God's word. The work was all done under the direction and protection of God, and going to his word when it was done brought God glory. When you're done with the work, don't forget to worship. Thanks for joining us today on Assure Hope. If you want to hear more teachings from Pastor Dave, simply head on over to assurehoperadio.com. Once again, that's assurehoperadio.com. You'll find archived teachings and links to our live stream on Facebook and YouTube. And with that, we'll see you next time on Assure Hope.